HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Roth, Wisconsin, makers of the world's best cheese and pioneers in the U.S. artisan cheese movement. For more information, visit RothCheese.com. I'm Tim Gunn, author, educator, and Project Runway mentor, and you're listening to Heritage Radio. Welcome to Magnifico Radio, bringing you the latest in ethical fashion, clean beauty, and sustainable living. I'm your host, Kate Black, and this is Episode 9. Today's guest, Marie-Véronique Nadeau, is a chemist who founded her namesake skincare in 2002. She labels herself an inventor and started as most great beauty brands do by experimenting in her kitchen to create something clean and effective for her rosacea. She's normally on the West Coast at her Berkeley Spa, but I've lured her to New York with the promise of Roberta's Pizza and our Eco Sessions event tomorrow night on Clean Beauty. Welcome, Marie. Hi. Thank you, Kate. It's great to be here, and thank you for having me. So nice to see you. So we had Rachel Winner from Soboala on a few weeks ago, and she's also joining the Clean Beauty panel um, tomorrow night. And she said one of her formulations took over 2,000 iterations to get just right. So in the 14 years, you must have similar stories. Oh, I'll say I do. And in fact, we're in the middle of one right now. And you start out with an idea. It, it's a fascinating thing about formulation. What it, it never happens the way you expect it will. Some things you think are going to be so easy right out of the gate, and they are, they're the ones that end up taking forever, 2,000 iterations plus. Um, we're working right now actually on a project that's been dear to my heart for, oh, quite a few years because it's something everything asks for. First of all, I got my start by doing a zinc oxide-only sunscreen. And I think I was the first to come up with a zinc oxide-only SPF 30 sunscreen that people like. Um, so Not only they liked, but it's won, like, the EWG yes. Skin Care Award. Like, it's, it was the first of its kind. And that's was that partly because it was so effective, but also because you put some tint in there so that it could... So that women could actually wear a full zinc sunscreen without, and it would look like foundation. Yeah, because this is part of the challenge that you have to remember as a formulator. Your formulation is only going to be as good as people's willingness to wear it. And so, yeah, you can come up with something that's great, and, but if it's thick and white and pasty, 
forget it. It's not going to happen. So I was able to um, um, miraculously almost come up with the right combination to achieve an SPF 30 with a sunscreen that people liked wearing because they, they, they even wear it at night. You know, I'll say, oh, I wear it as a foundation. It's very nice. It's good for your skin. Uh, zinc oxide is anti-inflammatory, so zinc, 20% zinc oxide means that you're, it's very good for people who are acne-prone, tend to break out. Uh, rosacea, fantastic for rosacea. And that's actually uh, the first thing I made was in response to the rosacea, was the sunscreen. People with rosacea need sunscreen, but everything that was out there made me break out or turn redder. And it was just an impossible situation. So figured that out. But where we are now is next iteration of sunscreen is going to be for men and people of color and people who want a transparent sunscreen. Yeah, that yeah, I know. Your your jaw actually dropped. <laughs> Yeah, so this has been a labor of love. Still working on it. We hope that it will... It was supposed to come out last summer. We're hoping it will come out next summer. Um, and so we, I did manage to develop one that everybody is pretty much nuts about. It disappears. You put it on, it disappears on the skin. It's uh, using plant uh, ingredients in addition to zinc oxide. So it just... Uh, anybody can wear this. And, so and it's an, it, it was tested, and we got an SPF 20 on it. You're not going to get more than that, I don't think. With well, that. and some of, the, some of the research says that you really don't need more than that. You actually need to reduce the amount of time that you mm-hmm. spend in the sun. You need to do other things totally. besides add more SPF. Well, that's my argument, too, is that actually when we turn red, when we start burning... Um, that's actually nature's alarm clock or, or, or the alarm signal. And it, it's telling you, hey, time to get out of the sun. That's not the time really to slather on more sunscreen. It's the time to get out of the sun because most of the damage that is being done is being done by the UVA rays, which are the longer wavelengths of light that actually are causing damage that could show up 10 or 20 years later. And it's really fascinating because I was doing a little bit of research before we we came on the air because I wanted to kind of have a conversation with you about the FDA. Oh, yeah. And the FDA, not and other guests have mentioned this before, the FDA really hasn't done any movement in the 110 years since it's been enacted, except lately. And and they're Mm -hmm. kind of starting to focus on skincare and sunscreen, or mostly sunscreen. So why, why is everybody kind of getting activated about sunscreen? Well, um, there's been, for one thing, there's been pressure on the cosmetics industry in the United States to be as at least as innovative as they are in Europe. So in Europe, they do allow more sunscreen agents than we currently do with the FDA. Um, but but it, it's a it's a tricky thing. It's it's we. we really are very much involved with the FDA because we make sunscreen. And some of the rules seem antiquated. They need to be updated. As we learn more and more about um, 
you know, the risks of longer wavelength exposure, that that ups the game. So what we're and the FDA has to pay some attention to this. But the FDA is, it has its own problems. For one thing, there's only about two people who oversee cosmetic preparation anyway in the whole country. So there's only so much they can do. So so they, they work on what comes across their transom in terms of, well, okay, is this an issue that affects public health? And certainly when you're talking about sunscreen, yes, it does. And claims really do need to be verified and you know i'm i'm completely with the fda in terms of yes we need it is crucial that you know there are a lot of companies out there that will claim an spf that it may not actually have and this happens a lot and the fda is only going to respond if there are complaints made, but mostly people don't because they don't understand the issues. They don't really understand what's going on. Um, so it's, it's. I think. I think if anything, we need more testing rather than less across the board. Conventional, non toxic, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing where it gets really tricky is that um, the. Here's where it gets really tricky. There is so-called organic sunscreen, which is actually the chemical compounds, right? Uh, Organic in that sense, it means it's got carbon in the molecule, right? So those are the ones that work by absorbing UV light, releasing it as heat and generating free radicals in the process. And that's why with a chemical sunscreen or an organic sunscreen, you need to reapply it every two hours. Little known secret. You think it's because, oh, we rub it off, you wash it off. No, it's actually because the sunscreen compounds themselves have actually broken down. Wow. Yeah, and so they're starting to generate more free radicals, so you need to apply more sunscreen to gain protection uh, equivalent to almost what you would have if you wore nothing at all. I love it because you've always been really frank. Like you've been very frank in in your formulations. You've been really frank about what you're trying to achieve with with this brand and with this business. Um, And you're and you're going to be one of the first to make the sunscreen for people of color. Mm -hmm. So I love like what's motivating you to be so transparent and to be so inclusive in in your mission. Oh, okay. Because I see people every day, and in your spa, in in my shop. Or, you know, they, they email me or whatever. And, you know, the question is pretty much across the board. I know I should wear sunscreen every day. I know. You've told me. <laughs> but, you know, really, I can't stand the way it feels on my face. I can't stand to have something show. And if you're a guy, it's a no-brainer. You're not going to wear sunscreen that's got a tint in it that looks like makeup. If you're a little kid, you're not going to sit still long enough to have somebody slather, you know, something that looks like makeup all over them. You got to have another solution and so that's my mission i guess it's it's my way of saving the world (laughs) i love this i love this and i called you one time um a couple of years ago because i had a friend who was having a really bad outbreak um Mm -hmm. she had tried to clean 
a clean product um, that had reacted negatively to her skin. Mm-hmm. She was she was covered in in cysts or, or mm-hmm. some sort of deep acne. And you said the very first thing you can do. You haven't seen her, but the very first thing she could do is put yogurt onto her face. <laughs> and so. You know, and I just, from the words of, of babes, I just called her and I was like, okay, Marie says put yogurt on your face. So can you talk about the role? Because now probiotics play mm-hmm. a big role mm-hmm. in your line. Can you talk about your, why this, how you discovered it and, and, and like how this is playing a role in now the line? And now the line, yeah, I, that's probably uh, another big innovative leap after, um, you know, developing a sunscreen that people would actually wear. And it has to do with the latest research coming out about the skin microbiome. This is all very new and very exciting research. And um, I'm writing a number of blog posts about this, the, okay, we are used to thinking of the skin as being the dermis, the epidermis, the stratum corneum, but guess what? You know, there is that fourth layer of skin, which is your skin microbiome, which is about a trillion microorganisms about, of about a thousand different species on your skin. So we know a little bit about the gut microbiome. We've studied that for maybe 10 years now. Now we are starting to take that knowledge and that appreciation of the microbiota and how they are working to keep our skin healthy. We're carrying that to the notion of, well, what do we need to encourage the right microbiota to thrive on your skin so they can keep your skin healthy? I agree, and I thought of you too when the FDA because they oh, so they did actually make another change because they they banned um, triclosan, and so yes. all of those antimicrobial yes. soaps yes. are going to have yes. to come. And immediately I thought of you because I thought, oh my gosh, so many people are going to have uh-huh. skin uh-huh. repair yeah. if they just stop using this antimicrobial. Can you explain for people who don't know you like I know you and haven't had these these conversations? So what what happens when you use an antimicrobial on your skin? Okay, the antimicrobial. Okay, think about the gut. And taking a course of antibiotics. I think we've all heard the spiel about what happens when you take too many antibiotics. It kills everything in the landscape. And then it takes quite a while for the microflora to reestablish itself. And in the meantime, because there is just something about certain uh, pathogens, like Staphylococcus aureus and some of the others, very hardy. And so they tend to come back with a vengeance before the good microflora have a chance to reestablish themselves and establish a balance. Because really, part of their job is to uh, keep in check the pathogens. So same deal with the skin. Triclosan kills everything. Except the one pathogen that does the most damage, namely Staphylococcus aureus. For some reason, triclosan will kill all the others and leave the Staphylococcus aureus free to propagate, which it does happily. And so do you believe that the rise in eczema and psoriasis, and do you believe that that's all (laughs) attributed to to the microbiome and and our our skin flora health? That's a big part of it. But it's, again, it's more complicated than that because there is something called barrier function that happens with the skin. And with eczema, what they've discovered, or other types of atopic dermatitis, um, barrier function is compromised for a number of different reasons that could have to do with, um, 
you know, the fact that the microbial balance isn't what it should be, but there's also some people who are simply, there's, they, they have a genetic deficiency, they don't produce filagrin, which produces um, natural moisture. I, I'm getting kind of technical here. But, but it, it, it's, it, there are a number of factors that enter into it. And so that's actually another um, area where we're doing a lot of research and coming up with some new products uh, that address barrier malfunction. Okay, because amazing. that's huge. Okay, we're going to yeah. take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and keep talking All science right. and skin <laughs> with Marie Veronique. And this one's called "Let's Not" by Shadowbox. We'll be right back. Have you tasted the world's best cheese? Grand Cru Sourchois is the 2016 World Cheese Champion. Our partners at Roth, Wisconsin make this gorgeous Alpine-style cheese in the rolling hills of Green County, Wisconsin. Grand Cru Sourchois is produced by hand in Swiss copper vats and finished by aging on spruce planks. The quality milk and careful craftsmanship bring out the award-winning light floral notes, nutty undertones, a hint of fruitiness, and a mellow finish. Perfect with Riesling and Muscat, Grand Cru Sourchois is a guaranteed hit for any occasion. Check out their other offerings at RothCheese.com. You'll discover Buttermilk Blue and their newest release, Prairie Sunset, the golden-hued love child of Mimolette and Gouda. You'll also find recipes like the Raclette Reuben and Tomato Tartlets. Everything you need to know about the world's best cheese is at RothCheese.com. And we're back. You're listening to Magnifico Radio, and I'm your host, Kate Black, and I'm sitting here with Marie Nadeau, the founder and formulator for Marie Veronique, the Clean, clean, care, clean Beauty Skincare line. So you clearly have a background in science. You were a mm-hmm. chemistry teacher at one point in your life. Um, and then I, I like to call her your secret weapon. <laughs> you also have a partner in your family who um, who can help you with some of these formulations. Your daughter has a PhD. Mm-hmm. And so can you talk about what it's like to be working with your daughter? <laughs> Rather intimidating, actually. <laughs> and, you know, I'm proud that She's my daughter, and she's such a genius. Um, but, but she often, when when she is on a roll, I think she forgets I'm her mother, and she needs to be kind. But <laughs> well, that might be mothers and daughters everywhere. Yeah. That could be a whole yeah, other radio yeah. show, to be honest. So um, working with her is uh, especially now because we we are uh, we, okay. You know, the, 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 with the advent of the microbiome and the research that attends to that, we're, we're looking at breaking new territory every time you turn around. And this is where, you know, having her help is, 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 is so amazing because she knows microbiology. You know, she, she, she got her PhD in physics, but she is one of those people that does the cross-discipline thing, which is where science is at these days. And it's, these days, it's, a lot of it is about the micro, the, the microbiomes and the microbiology. Um, and so 
where it is, ex- I think the next big challenge for formulators, for skincare company in general across the board, is preserve- preserve- preservation. How do we preserve our products? In the past, it has been taking the microcidal approach, that is you kill everything in the landscape, but then what you end up with is a product that really isn't going to be all that effective because everything that's alive and active about it has been removed pretty much. Uh, So the goal uh, for uh, a new kind of innovation uh, with respect to preservation is going to be microstatic. And so this means that instead of killing off all the microbes on the landscape, you selectively uh, keep in check the pathogens, and there are a number of of, um, techniques whereby you can do this, but you also enlist the aid of the uh, microbiota whose duty it is, whose job it is, to keep the pathogens in check. So you're working with the microflora itself. So they, they produce something called AMPs, uh, antimicrobial peptides. And so, you know, this was actually how streptomycin came about. There was uh, Streptococcus thermophilus was uh, a cousin of Streptococcus pyogenes, which is the flesh-eating one. It's the really bad one. Um, so, so you can create something where the close relatives of the pathogen that is problematic uh, can help you keep the the you use one form of strep to keep the other form in, in check. So this all sounds very um, soothing and caring. Like so, but <laughs> yes, it is. Like so, it's echo. It's an ecosystem. It's so it's an echo approach. Yeah, actually, yeah. But you do you also do like age anti aging. Like, are you also oh, doing like hey. age prevention? So no. we're soothing all these issues yes, around yes, yes, skin. Yes. But are you are you uh-huh. what else are you doing? Where's oh, the okay, science okay, going to help okay. me stay young and fresh? <laughs> Oh, yes, science will do that. You know, and it's interesting that, that, you know, you had an ad for cheese. And you you don't have cheese without microbes. And Streptococcus thermophilus, yet again, our little hero, um, they've done studies to show that it will actually help delay aging. So, again, yogurt. Oop. Top, yeah. Topically or internally topically, or both? To- oh. both? Topically. But, yeah, go go to the supermarket and look for live, the you know, they'll have a list of the live strains of bacteria uh, in, in your yogurt. Look for Streptococcus thermophilus. I think you'll be hearing more about that. So this explains why French women not only <laughs> look beautiful, but yeah, their skin is... Yeah, they're putting cheese on their faces. <laughs> <laughs> And so you actually took the time, and I'm not sure if it was your first, but you've just come out with a book. Was it your first? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. Actually, I, I brought both of them. My first book was The Yoga Facelift, which is all about how to exercise your face, talk about staying young, um, rather than using Botox. It makes much more sense to actually uh, exercise those muscles to keep them toned because if you don't use it, you lose it. And that's true of the face, the facial muscles. There's 109 in the face and the neck. And yeah. So yeah. you can keep them from dropping yes. just by using them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we've got little exercises in that book 
to show you how to do that. And that's actually making a comeback because I think Botox users are kind of hitting a wall. There's only so many times you can you you can do that without it just kind of backfiring in a way. Well, and there's a whole maybe a whole more kind of um, adoption of healthier mm-hmm. ways to take yeah. care of ourselves and trying to prevent mm-hmm. it at source. And so, if you mm-hmm. can, if we do yoga in the studio, why not do it? in the bathroom with our face. And then, so talk about the acne answer. Okay. So the acne answer uh, is, again, looking, introducing the concept of the microbiome and how it can uh, help give us answers, uh, real answers towards um, addressing acne issues. And one of the reasons I wrote it is because... It's a very interesting thing about acne. Uh, 75 years ago, people didn't really, you know, they didn't really have acne. Now suddenly everybody has acne. Now suddenly everybody has perioral dermatitis or some kind of atopic dermatitis. What's going on? Partly what's going on is that we are... Are, it's called microbial disruption or microbial dysbiosis. And again, think of the skin as, as an ecosystem with the microbiome. Uh, all of these different microorganisms are there to keep your skin healthy. But where I think persistent use of antimicrobials, they work for a minute, but then they stop working. And then it's very difficult to get back to that state of health. So the acne answer is, is about some things you can do look, looking at, at taking care of your skin in, in a new kind of way. And there's a chapter on rosacea. There's a chapter on men's skin. Um, there's a play for children oh, or yes. teenagers. I oh, was, yeah. oh. <laughs> I was horrified and mortified, but then I just started <laughs> to read it because it's, it, it's definitely a creative take because <laughs> each kind of acne is a character in this play. Mm-hmm. But as I started to read it, I was like, okay, now I understand it. And in a way that if you were probably trying to deal with it, it helps to know which, which acne you have or which, what, what, what is it you're, that you're trying to fix as opposed to kind of this blanket, you know, as it is not as it in your life. <laughs> um, no, and a microbe is not a, not a microbe. And, and I think to, I, I think, yeah, the task there was to anthropomorphize the microbes so that we could understand them. And I think that, and they become, you know, something that, that, you remember it sticks in your mind and and also they become not threatening at all we've gone way past the whole idea of the germ theory of disease that was very 20th century the 21st century is going to be all about balancing the microbiome so that that we can enlist the aid of our best friends in the prevention of disease which is the microbiome yeah. microbiota that that we're carrying around with us we've got five different microbiomes by the way but oh, yeah i don't know which one is plaguing me but i, I wrote about <laughs> this when i did um the last review because you switched um you switched to an oil cleanser which i want to talk yeah. about in a second but you broke me from being i was a soap and water oh, yeah, whatever yeah. face lotion was around i used body lotion i didn't yeah. have a problem yeah. until i got to be in my 30s yeah. and then every month yeah. hormonal time i would have one breakout mm-hmm. and and it just didn't go away and so yeah. it wasn't yeah. until i met you and started to use your products that that didn't happen and sometimes 
I don't use your products. I uh-huh. go off and try other things uh-huh. um, to do reviews. And it and then it just comes back automatically. Uh-huh. Once uh-huh. a month, I'll get this really yeah. prominent yeah. Um, outbreak. Yeah. So it's very interesting to me how you, because you don't know my skin, but how this, this system that you've created just kind of seems to work for all different kinds of skins. Well, the idea is, um, you know, you, you have a certain philosophy about it, and I suppose, bottom line, my philosophy is that you, you figure out how skin works. What what, and, and that's already you know a mouthful, um, but you, we find that there are deficiencies in its functioning that follow certain patterns, and there. These, these deficiencies can be corrected usually with B vitamins. In the case of acne, vitamin B5 works very, very well for many, many cases of acne and because there's a hormonal connection. For uh, inflammation, niacinamide or vitamin B3 works extremely well. And, and uh, for everybody... <laughs> Vitamin A derivatives, the retinol and the retinoids, work very, very well because they work at a profound level to actually regulate sebum production, among many other things. So, uh, you know, you, you, you just, the idea is to provide the skin with the building blocks it needs, with the material it needs, so that he can, it can do its own repair. Amazing. And your skin is so stunning. Every time I oh, see you, I'm you. like, I need sunglasses. <laughs> um, so let's talk, about the growth, <laughs> let's talk about the growth of the business. So you, yeah. you started and launched in, um, in California. Mm-hmm. You have a store and a spa? No. Uh, well, hmm. we, we, you take appointments? Uh, we, uh, we had um, a facialist, and she moved to L.A. So we are working on building that whole part of it again. Um, but what I want to do, really, and, and this is another project that, you know, we're, it, it's in the future, but because of what we know now about the skin microbiome and what we earnestly desire to know more about is, um, you know, how, how we can manipulate the microbiota on the skin in the microbiome so that it's kind of like the idea that with the gut, you know, you've got the healthy gut and you know what flora live in the healthy gut. I'd like to do the same thing with the skin. You know, here's, here's a healthy skin. Here's what its microflora look like. Here's, here's somebody with acne. Well, how do the microbes colonize differently on uh, the skin that is having inflammation problems? You know, it's so, so yeah. are you going to start a school? Are you going to create like <laughs> well, a, no, a team I, of facialists? <laughs> well, yeah, actually, with a team of microbiologists is kind okay. of a dream. Yeah. And so, if you're not in California, where else can people find your product? Oh, let's see. Well, we're online, of course, which is marieveronique.com. Marieveronique.com. Uh huh. And um, you know, we have we have wholesalers. We have some in. In Europe, we've got um, somebody in Canada, uh, Lilu Organics in Canada. Um, mostly online, though, you know, and, and if somebody is interested, I like to think that I'm very accessible, too. Just call me up. 
call her up or visit her blog because yeah. she writes a lot and gives a lot of actually detail about how to solve these problems by blog. Um, and if you're in New York, you're invited to come to our event tomorrow night as long as you're of age because it's in a venue um, that you need to be 21 or older. But tomorrow, or not tomorrow night, I'm sorry, on Tuesday, November 15th, here in New York, you can come and meet Marie. You can meet Rachel from Sobwala. You can meet Amy from the New York Institute of Aromatherapy. And then the other Amy Ziff from Made Safe. You can find tickets on Eventbrite. Just search for Clean Beauty NYC. Thank you so much, Maria. It's such a pleasure. I love listening to you. I could listen to you all day. Oh, thank you. Do you sell both of the books online? Oh, yeah. Just go to Amazon.com and look for the Acne Answer or the Yoga Facelift. They're there. Fantastic. And you can visit her site. You can visit her blog. And as she says, you can find her if you have crisis. Um, I'd like to thank Roberta's Home of Heritage Radio Network, where you can find me each Monday live at 1 o'clock. And you can always listen to Magnifico Radio on iTunes or Stitcher. Check out our blog or sign up for our newsletter at Magnifico.com. Until next week. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.